The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Buying a home? Selling your home? You've come to the right place. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Good Saturday morning once again. Uh, we're in long weekend mode here on 900 CHML, but plenty of things to talk about with Rob Golfy of Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can find him online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. You will be calling Hamilton's first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year. They did that last year, 905-575-7700. That number again, 905-575-7700. They're dominating social media here in town on the real estate landscape. The Golfie team is on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get involved in the show as well if you have a question question for the golfie team or you would like to uh, for us to discuss a certain topic that's related to real estate send the golfie team an email questions at robgolfie.com is the email address again that's questions at robgolfie.com we have some uh, pretty interesting topics we're going to get to today we'll talk about immigrant workers uh, a real estate uh, home buyer protection program that's being launched in bc we'll talk about uh, toronto listings and what's happening with uh, with them just down the highway. Before we get to that, we are want, to, want to say a happy Civic Day-long weekend. Uh, Mr. Rob Golfie, what's happening in your real estate life this week? Well, a lot of, a lot of things are happening. I just want to uh, mention that this week we had uh, a little mini uh, golf tournament with our team. Oh, nice. Uh, it, yeah, it's only nine holes we do. Believe me, I can't do 18. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, for a guy like me, 18 holes, um, it's, uh, even nine holes I was counting. But actually, it worked out pretty good. Nine holes is perfect. I think that should be the golf of the future. <laughs> nine holes only. No, yeah. no more than that. And then uh, we all got together and had uh, pizza and, and snacks and stuff like that at a, a local uh, vineyard that was pretty nice uh, to hang out in, uh, which was uh, really good. Um, but the one thing I want to talk about, okay, I'm just going to nibble this uh, a little bit, okay. uh, but we're going to talk more about it next week, is um, I was checking the stats this week based on uh, the last 12 to 13 months of average sale price each month. This is in the Hamilton and surrounding areas, mm-hmm. not including Burlington. This just includes Hamilton, you know, Waterdown, Lamborough, Stony Creek, and all that. So I'm looking at the average sale price in August of last year, and we're creeping up pretty close to that average sale price in July. Hmm. So basically, we almost lost a full year. Like, basically, we're continuing. So is it, like, are we going to stop there? It's hard to tell. But, um, um, but yeah, that was pretty, uh, enlightening and, uh, and surprising on how in the last four months of the way the market's been going and we're almost, we're almost being projected backwards to the prices that they were last year. And, um, and maybe, maybe it'll stop there and then now we'll have that balanced market, but 
that's the one thing I noticed, but I'm going to, we're going to talk about that more next week and all the different markets mm-hmm. what's happening and what, what the average sale price. So now we're going to start seeing in like, once they come out with the July stats, you know, they'll go from uh, July to last year, July, you're going to see the average price increase is not going to be as much. And it's slowly going to be like two or three or 4%, 5%. Right. That, it, it's not going to be that much. But the one thing I really want to talk about, is, uh, you know, buyers, you know, how, uh, you know, the, the great demands that they're asking there, you know, um, we were, we didn't see sale of properties on contracts for a long time. Like, you know, so people would put an offer and conditional on selling their house, you know, you give them a time frame of, you know, 30, 60 days to do so. Well, they're starting to come back, but the problem of that, and, it, and it, I'm very worried if I had a client that would accept an offer, a conditional sale property is that now, even though you got an offer from them, but what price are they going to sell their house at? And are they going to sell their house? Now they got you tied up and the exposure hurts on your house. And it, it's, you know what I mean? Just the way the, the market's going. I mean, there's not that many buyers out there right now. They will come back eventually. It's just when that's going to happen. We don't know, but are they, is it wise to take an offer? Uh, conditional on sale of property right now. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's so difficult because first of all, you hardly get any showings on your house. And then when you do get a showing, now you got an offer, but it's conditional on selling another house. But now are they going to sell their house? That is the dilemma, which is hard to deal with right now. I don't know. Like Rick, it's, you know, as a consumer, we want to sell the house, but it's a, it's it's a fifty fifty shot almost when you when you take another offer uh, conditionally on uh, selling their their house. Yeah how how long ago how many years back do we have to go for that to be like the norm? Are we talking twenty nineteen? It, it's before the pandemic for sure. Oh, it is. Yeah, I, I'd say uh, yeah, I'd say twenty nine twenty eighteen twenty nineteen absolutely and. And, and that's when the market was kind of balanced. Everything was floating, you know, there was no major change in upswing or downswing in the market. Um, it, it was, you know, a normal market. So, you, you know, if a house is worth and you can gauge what a house is worth in every neighborhood. So now if somebody came in with an offer on one of my uh, listings and I said, well, listen, and I would say to the agent, listen, I know you're coming in with a uh, conditional on selling your house, which is fine, but what are you going to list the house for? And we can discuss that and say, well, listen, if you're listing it at that price, yeah, we'll accept your offer. But if you're not and you're going to list it higher, then we're going to say, you know, there's no sense because now we got two houses that aren't going to sell. Um, so uh, you'd actually, you know, sit and in, in, in discuss that situation. But right now, I mean, we really don't know where what the market is, is value-wise. We have an idea, like close, but because it's shifting so much, it's hard to gauge just like when it was going up so fast, we didn't know what, 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 what the value of the property is. You know, the consumer decides that the buyer, you know, what a willing buyer is willing to pay. And it's the same thing on a, on a downshift. It's what a willing buyer is willing to pay. And we're trying to find that pivotal point where the consumer is willing to pay for that house. And, and we're, we went so much, so much of an upswing one way. Now we're going to a downswing the other way. And we haven't landed at a point where, we know the values are. We're almost there. I'm, I'm almost positive we're pretty close to it. If not there already, but we're pretty close to it. So the the pendulum swung way to the one side where homes were 
in high demand. There was short supply. Prices were going through the roof. Now that pendulum is swinging back the other way. We have a much more balanced market. There, you know, the, the listing numbers are up. The prices are, you know, not as crazy as they have been in the past. We're not getting those, you know, one, two, four hundred thousand dollar over asking price deals. How how much further do you think the pendulum is going to be swinging in that direction before it gets back to what is considered, I guess, a normal kind of real estate market? I, I think we're almost there. You know, I, I was talking to uh, uh, a gentleman that he is right into the economics. He's very much involved in uh, the he owns a brokerage with probably over 2000 uh, realtors. This guy is a genius. He figured by the end of the summer is where it's going to land. So um, where it's going to stop and then, and then that's where it's going to land at. So I thought it was going to, honestly, I thought it was going to be last month, but it, 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 uh, it isn't. I was wrong on that one. Um, but it, it, it's hard to gauge. But I, I think we're almost there, though. I really do. I think we're almost there. Um, and once, uh, once it's settled, then, then things will start turning around. But, I mean, but we also have a combination of, of uh, uh, interest, interest rates that are being hiked. I'm, I'm just curious to find out if interest rates didn't hike as much, would the market still continue? Mm-hmm. I think it would. Yeah. It probably would. So I understand why the government has to do it just to slow down inflation um, and, uh, and, and, and catch up and, and make sure things don't get out of hand. I think with any, you know, bout of economic uncertainty, whether it's a recession or inflation sky high, which affects interest rates, I think more often than not, people are just, you know, the mindset is, okay, I'm I'm not going to do anything, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to move. I don't want to change anything. Just let me kind of bear the brunt of this and then we'll move forward whenever that, you know, that, that occurrence or that incident kind of ends. And it's no different than the housing market. I I think maybe even more so in the housing market, right? Because you have those those interest payments that are coming in, especially if you're in a variable mortgage situation or about to lock or come out of a fixed rate mortgage and you're looking at these at these interest rates thinking, holy geez, we haven't seen this in a long time. The sticker shock is real. I think more often than not, people are just comfortable with kind of holding steady. It, oh, absolutely. And but with these interest rate hikes, yeah, people are, are holding off, but but also it's going to slow them down from buying anything because... Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say they got a you know a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage or eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage. They're not going to go and shopping like they were and buy those extra little things that they are used to buying because that money's been eaten up, being added to their mortgage uh, just because of interest payments. So it, it, it is going to change the economy. There's no doubt about it because uh, I mean uh, if you think about all the millions of people that have mortgages out there and and everybody's mortgage payments increased, well, that's money that could have been spent on products, consumer goods, and, and, and things like that. And, and people aren't buying, you know, uh, steaks as much as they used to like the, like, I mean, groceries have gone, uh, gone up quite a bit. So, so people are going to spend less and buy more necessity things that they need to, to keep going versus buying, um, you know, that nice dress, those nice shoes, those, you know, those, all those extra little things that, you know, that everybody's so used to, you know, doing those little extra, extra purchases, but so people are going to hold back a little longer. So, so it, it is going to affect the economy a little bit. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to gauge. Like, I mean, I'm curious to find out what the numbers are going to come out in July if it has slowed inflation down and, uh, it, it, and hopefully it does. So we can stop having, 
you know, high, high inflation on everything. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask Rob about how this current housing situation is impacting investors. We will also get into the topic of a, well, let's just call it a unique house. The house owned by the Premier of Ontario is up for sale, and he's having a difficult time in unloading it. We'll bring you that story when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call the Golfie team. Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Again, that's 905-575-7700. You can follow them on TikTok and Twitter. Give them a like on Facebook. They're also all over Instagram as well. And head to their website, robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com to check out some of the hottest listings in town and get your listing on robgolfi.com by joining with the Golfie team and selling your home. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Before we get to Doug Ford selling his house in the GTA, I want to ask you about this. We've just been talking about the... The market that shifted back to balance, we're seeing the prices coming down, not as many homes moving. How is this impacting investors? Are we seeing as many investors in the game? We know that about 25% of home sales at one point in this province were tied to investors. Are they slowing down? Are they recalculating what's happening? The smart investor knows there's only a short window of this market. And... There, and, and the uh, smart investor knows once that market starts picking back up again, it's harder for them to compete uh, and purchase properties to uh, flip or buy to, to rent and stuff like that. I was just talking to one yesterday and he goes, and he was telling me, he goes, Rob, listen, um, like I'm out looking, he's out looking, we're looking and, and we're just, you know, we're like eagles flying all around just ready to, to, to pick it and uh, pick the, the pick of the crop, like the nice stuff. And we know there's a short time frame when that happens because it shifts fast. So if you think about it, um, like how the market uh, died in March of 2020, when the pandemic hit, everything just quietened down. So everybody, you know, like everybody was uncertain. It, it was pretty scary time, but then all of a sudden it took about three, four months before people started getting comfortable to come back. So, and I think it's, this will be the same way. Uh, like, I mean, we're three, four months, four uh, months into this uh, shift in the market. And, and I think once that's over and done with, then people are going to come back. It's, it's not going to be any different than the pandemic. And I think the pandemic was even tougher than it was in the, uh, like this market. Um, uh, just because people were like, should I buy something? Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, you know, people were scared. Some people, some people held off uh, just because, they, they, did, they thought, you know, it was going to go really bad. And, and we know people canceled purchases. Like they had an offer on buildings. They had offers on different things. And they canceled. Like they say, hey, listen, we're going to back out uh, this negotiations. And then 
you know, it, you know, two years later, they're going, wait, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't have like, you know, like, I mean, it's hard to predict the future, but I, I, I do, I don't think it's, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to last long. Uh, investors are, uh, the smart investors are looking around and they're ready to, to get back on board and buying again. In Toronto, very interesting developments there. Of course, Canada's biggest city is not immune to what's happening in uh, the housing market. Back in June, home sales in Toronto fell about 41% compared with June of 2021. And, you know, similar statistics are seen uh, across the board. But when when it comes to listings being cancelled, here's where it gets interesting. Because uh, in June, there were more than 2,800 listings cancelled in that month that compared to just 380 cancellations in january that is a 643 percent increase from january to june uh, the uncertainty in the market has certainly hit toronto uh, as well what, what's happening what do you make of those statistics yeah so you know what it's it's people that okay there's a couple of reasons you know um you know everything is you know on a global scale, everything's changing, but at the same time, sellers are listing properties too high. That's one aspect of it and not, and they're not getting offers that they want. So, you know, leading them to, to, to terminate the listing as buyers become more cautious with their bids. So, so the, the sellers are unrealistic and then, and a lot of them are canceling and re-renting them. So, but the thing is they just got to be patient and, and wait till things change. So they may end up taking a tenant and uh, on and signing a one or two year uh, lease agreement. And then all of a sudden the market's going to change. Now they're saying, well, now I'm stuck with this. Now I, you know, the market started picking back up and I could have sold it, but now I'm stuck with it. Like it's like, I, I think people make rash decisions too quick in a, in a, a down market when it comes to anything from the stock market to the real estate market, to any kind of market of, of whatever, um, I, I think it's too rapid and, and uh, it's just sellers just got to be realistic and on their price. And, and that's why there's a lot of cancellations. They're not, they're not getting what they thought they would get and, uh, and they're disappointed and they just take it off the market. Are we seeing similar developments in Hamilton in terms of listings coming down? Absolutely. Um, we're getting uh, uh, the expired, the expireds are starting to happen, uh, but they get relisted as some of them. Uh, but a lot of cancellations are happening and, um, and the ones that, you know, sometimes they cancel, they'll relist with the same agent or relist with somebody else. Just, you know, they just want a different perspective, different, uh, uh, person, uh, to deal with the listing. But a lot of, uh, it, it is happening. And, but also what is also happening is a lot of price, uh, decreases. We're getting a lot of price adjustments happening on these listings. Um, and, and we're showing what the average sale price is in a neighborhood uh, to our clients. And we're getting fifty to $100,000 price uh, adjustments on homes. And sometimes they're still sitting. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But I do think we're in a, 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 a market that we have to um, basically just sit and wait. And I think, you know, that waiting time, we're coming towards the end of that waiting period where things will start turning around and moving moderately, not aggressively, but moving uh, at, a, at a good point where, you know, people are comfortable in, uh, in buying and, 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 and are accepting the interest rates. And that's going to be the interest rates for 
for a long time to come. So people, please, I'm telling you, get used to it because it's not going to get back. We're never going to see those low interest rates ever again. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com, and start packing. Um, interesting story regarding Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario. He is certainly in the price adjustment uh, mode now. <laughs> so he is selling, or at least trying to, sell his home in Etobicoke. And uh, word is he plans to move into his late mother's house, which is, uh, which is nearby. So he had listed his home in Etobicoke on July 15th with an asking price of just under $3.2 million. That listing, like many more, as we just discussed in Toronto, was terminated on Monday. And now the price or the uh, the property has been relisted and the price is just over $2.8 million. How difficult, number one, is it to sell a luxury home in this market and does it at all impact the um, the seller's mind frame that that house has been owned by either a celebrity or a politician, someone famous? Does that factor in at all? I, I think it does, but I don't think um, I, I think Doug Ford is a popular person, but I don't think he would have the same impact as if. Uh, if it was Justin Bieber's house or right. Drake, yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he'd have that, that impact, but I mean, but I mean, it just depends on the person, right? Um, he probably listed it at 3.2 million thinking, Hey, I'm Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario who will, of course, everybody would want my house, but he wasn't getting any action on it. And, uh, and probably his realtor, uh, you know, said, Hey, listen, this is the price that it should be at. He tried a higher price. It didn't work out. He adjusted it fairly quick. I think within two weeks and, uh, he, uh, and now he's, he dropped it 400,000, uh, off the price, which he may get action on it. He may not, it, it just depends. He may be chasing the market, but, but obviously the, the, the newspapers are following this. So we'll know if he does get an offer <laughs> So we'll get, we'll hear every update. He's got it offered. It's closing and everything, all that. But, um, but I don't think, I don't think uh, Doug Ford would add any value just because he's Doug Ford. I mean, maybe not for me, it could, it, somebody else, maybe yes. But for me, I would look at his house as any other house in the neighborhood. And if I see the value there, I'd buy it. If I don't see the value there, I'd probably go in with a lower offer or not any offer at all. Mm-hmm. So um, but he's, he's seeing how it is. He's firsthand. He's the premier. He knows what's going on out there in the world. Um, so he's getting a taste of what all everybody else is getting a taste of out there. Looks like a nice property. It's, it's two stories. It has six bedrooms, four bathrooms, 4,500 square foot, uh, home. So it's a pretty, uh, uh, decent sized house, especially if you have a large family, that is for sure. But in, in terms of the luxury market, has that disappeared? I, I think the luxury market has slowed down quite a bit uh, because I was checking, you know, you know, Burlington and for high end homes, there's not as many high end homes as there used to be. So all these people that do have high end, high end homes, were looking to buy other, like move up into bigger homes or whatever. They have kind of stepped back. Now people that buy high end homes, it's something that they want. It's not something they need because they already probably have a nice house as it is. Um, and so they're probably holding off and seeing how things are going. I mean, uh, th- those high end homes, um, you know, unless somebody came into a lot of money, uh, they got a great business, they got a lot of cash in the bank. 
uh, yeah, they'll buy it. But I mean, unless you're a rock star like Drake, I mean, the guy, you know, I mean, I think was finishing his house being built in the uh, bridal path in Toronto. I'm not sure how much the value of his house is worth, but I, mean, I know he's got more money into that house than probably what it is really worth just because of all the stuff that he's put in. And, um, you know, like it, like I said, the high end market is there, but not, not as, as strong as it was in the, in the last, uh, year and a half, 18 months. Like it, it's slowed down a little bit, but not as much as the lower end of the market has. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on uh, Mr. Ford's home, and when it does sail, it'll be interesting to see how much it does, uh, in fact, go for, or whether or not he's going to have to drop the price a little bit further. We shall see. In BC, talk about interesting stories. Here is another one, because purchasing a home is obviously one of the biggest things you're ever going to do in your life in terms of dollar amount, but there is a new uh, home buyer protection initiative that's going on in BC. Is is this something potentially we can see floated across the country? You know what? I I I I, I think it's a great thing, but it's a difficult thing. Um, the, the one the one thing is there's a three day period. So you got multiple offers on your house, right? Let's say you get 10 offers on your house. You take the one offer and you accept that offer. But now the, the, the government uh, law in, in British Columbia says, well, you, you've got three days. You can walk away from that deal. Um, it's kind of tough. Like as a seller, like, like we just had nine other, we just said no to nine other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we said yes to this guy. And let's say it's a million dollar house. And what do they say? It's a quarter percent um, that you pay a penalty if you walk away from the deal. Well, that's $2,500 on a million dollar house, I yeah. think it is. That, that's easy to walk away from $2,500. But I think they have to make the penalty a little stronger than that. Um, I do like the idea that you have three days because people did have, uh, they were stressed out, uh, that needed to buy a house. They put a high bid on it and then they couldn't do a home inspection. They couldn't, you know, worry. They, you know, they go to the banks and try to do it and try to get their financing in order and maybe something, there's a glitch in their financing or whatever. And now they're scrambling and begging and uh, begging people to listen, I need more money, this and that to close the deal. Uh, A lot of that was probably happening uh, when you don't have that three day delay. But with that in mind, with the three day, uh, you know, time that you have. Now you got to accept two or three offers at the same time. So you accept the first offer because it's a great offer. And then you accept the second offer saying, Hey, if the first guy doesn't firm up, we'll kick yours in gear. Yours will be, we'll know in three days if you're, if, if he doesn't take his, and then, if, and then you take the third offer. If the <laughs> second guy, like you, you have to, you have to protect your your seller, right? Like yeah. you, you have to protect your seller from the first guy walking off because once you go back on the market, those 10 buyers or well now, now that are it's nine or eight, they're not going to come back. And if they come back, they're not going to come back as strong as they did before. Cause they knew, they know that you, that the buyer walked away from it. And um, so I think it's good, but I think the penalty of you walking away from the deal should be uh, greater than uh, a quarter point. And uh, just, just, I, it's, it's, because it's easy to walk away from that. If somebody can afford a million dollar house, $2,500 is nothing. Yeah. A lot of critics are saying the same thing. 2500 especially nowadays, is really a pittance. If he made that 
if you made that 10 grand, you know, now that gets people thinking that, okay, if I walk away, I'm out 10 G's. Like that is a much more stinging uh, decision if you do walk away. Um, I yeah. do have one more question that I'm going to ask you uh, after the break regarding this protection plan. And it has to do with this three-day period. But don't forget, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Also still to come, we'll talk about the importance of immigrant workers on the housing market. That's next year on The Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was home. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. Rob Golfie's here as well. Sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. Find them on the World Wide Web. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. You'll be calling the first real estate team in Hamilton history to sell 1,000 homes in a year. That number again, 905 905- Five seven five seven seven zero zero, and check out the Golfy team on social media. Whether it's Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, you'll be entertained and informed about our local real estate scene. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfy team, send them an email. We'll get to it on a future program. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the. A three-day period that is being instituted in BC. It's a uh, a new home buyer protection initiative, which allows uh, for home sellers and home buyers to have sort of a uh, a little bit of a deep breath to get all their ducks in a row. Whether it's you know home inspection, arranging some financing, um, and and maybe some sober second thoughts in some cases. But here's the question I have, because this is a three business day period. So we saw. Um, as plain as day over the last number of months, how busy the Golfy real estate uh, team was in terms of appointments. The appointment center was going gangbusters earlier on this year, and I'm I'm sure it's still quite busy. But most of those appointments in that weekly graph that you were bringing in were on Thursdays and Fridays. So if you consummate a deal on Friday, in this scenario in BC, you have to wait three business days. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's really five days because the weekend is factored in as well. And that's a long time for the non-winning bidders to stick around. Oh, ab- absolutely. Some, some, some of the people will, uh, the ones that didn't make it. And if you take their off, like as a secondary offer, they're gonna say, no, I, I'm not interested. I'm not waiting five days to find out if this guy's going to take the offer, but that is a good point. You're right. It, it could be five days. And if it's a long weekend, it could be six days. So you, so that buyer does have the one week to get out of the deal if he wanted to like, so like now the key thing is now, if you're representing your seller, you don't want, you you don't want to deal with those offers uh, on long weekends. You want to do on a Monday. So it's, you know, it's within the three days and you want to do it at night because you want to shorten that time frame. (laughs) So you deal at night. So the next three business days starts the next morning or at midnight and, uh, but so th- th- there's all, it's all strategic. You all, you have to, you have to work all those things into factors of, of dealing with offers. Now, 
we're not do, there's not as many multiple offers now as they were at the beginning of this year, um, especially in BC because they have this cooling off period. But you're going to see, you know, there's, you're going to see there's going to be a lot of changes on that. Like, you know, now we have to figure out, we have to be smart and try to figure out, okay, how do we protect our sellers? And, and that's one factor they, they have to do is, you know, hey, we're going to deal with offers on Monday and make sure that it doesn't roll into the weekend, you know? Yeah, and and here's the other thing. It might you know tweak some realtors or even home sellers kind of strategy in terms of hey let's uh, let's accept offers on a Monday that gives the buyer three days. You know by Thursday we should have a decision. It might just alter how things are, I guess, laid down. Oh, absolutely. Now think about this. You you deal with the offers on Monday, uh, and then they got Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, mm-hmm. Thursday night. So you find out now the buyers walked away from the deal. Then you call the second buyer. He still has three days too, right? Because <laughs> That's right. So, so you accept his offer on the Friday yep. and he's got, so now he's got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the following week because your offer is accepted on the, on the Friday. Yikes. So th- th- this thing can drag out for a week and a half just with two buyers and it, and if the second buyer walks away also, but it's just, it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting how it's going to work. I, I know, uh, British Columbia, they always implement new things be, uh, in Canada more than, than anywhere else in, in Canada and in Ontario or any other province. So we follow what they do. We, you know, we try to gauge and see, uh, and learn from their mistakes. So they're kind of like the Guinea pig of, uh, of Canada, like British Columbia is the Guinea pig of Canada. And then we say, okay, well, I think we we heard your st- ways of doing things, but I think this is a better way, and then try to better it. But they they go through the whole uh, beginning stages, the beta testing on everything. Usually, uh, British Columbia. It's going to be interesting to watch. That is for sure. When we come back, we'll talk about immigrant workers and how they are a crucial part of what is to come in this province in terms of building the many homes that we need in Ontario. Contact the Golfie team if you want to get your home sold in this ever-changing market, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. You're listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, on 900 CHML. One last go round here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. And you can follow the Golfie team on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Send the Golfie team an email with a question or a topic idea that we'll get to in a future program. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. The uh, plan from the provincial government is uh, right now to build one and a half million homes over the next 10 years. The difficulty is that we don't have enough people in the skilled trades to do that. So the thinking is we need to bring more immigrant skilled trades employees, uh, more people who can fill these positions into our country. How crucial is this need, Rob? It is. It's very crucial and it's going to be tough because... Uh, Canada is mostly been immigrating, you know, people with, uh, more skills like, um, you know, like business skills, the, the white collar you know, jobs. Just, yeah. 
white white collars. They they were ignoring uh, the blue collars, but now you know they're going to have to go shift it all the other way. Right now, because uh, you know, with more more and more construction workers retiring, uh, and the pipeline of, of labor and skilled workers is shrinking, Ontario construction sector will need seven, almost seventy two thousand new workers over the next six years to keep pace with with the retirements in the industry. Now we know a lot of construction guys; they're in their sixties, and some of them are in their seventies still working because. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're employing them because they need them. Like some of these guys, they, they, you know, I mean, they like working, they want to keep busy, which is fantastic. They appreciate that, that, you know, that they're wanted, but they're not going to be able to keep up to the pace, you know, physically, you know, their bodies are taking the toll. They're going to eventually, you know, leave the industry and there's not going to be anybody to replace them. So like, you're going to, you're not going to see, you know, you know, city workers like, three guys working and five guys watching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it from, with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you'll see three guys working and nobody watching and yeah. that, and then we'll feel like we're getting our money's worth <laughs> with the city. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that is going to probably disappear probably in the next five years. But the thing is um, we need to get uh, skilled labor and, and, and they're seeing that now. So everything, you know what, the one thing about the government, is I don't know if they've got their fingers on the pulse of the country. I really don't know because for us to get to this situation is now, like they should have known about this five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, like why, why all of a sudden now we need an urgency of people with, and, and, and now, now it's like, you know, it's crazy. We got to, okay, we got to get these immigrants now. We got to get skilled, 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 skilled labors. And they should have done a, a, a mixture of white collar and blue collar people coming into this country. But now, not only that, they're going to have to train people. Like it's, this is not something that happens overnight. Like it, this is, or even, even a couple of years, like it, they, it's going to take time. So, uh, I mean, we've got, we've got, we got some major problems and, I, and I'm sure the U S has got the same situation too. So it, it's everywhere. Like yeah. everybody, you know, everybody follows the same trend. So, but it's just too bad that they, didn't see this. And I'll tell you, when I was in grade eight, my guidance counselor said, was talking about trades. He says that is going to be the big thing. And we even knew about this 10, 15 years ago (laughs) that there was going to be a shortage and nobody did anything about it. Now we have to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One final topic here on the show, and it has to do with uh, recruiting realtors. And there's uh, a lot of them out there who have been leaving the industry and, and some are struggling. They're looking at the situation thinking, I don't know if I can continue on with this, but the golfie team is a good option. It, it is. We're finding a lot of realtors are, are leaving brokerages and they're not coming back. And, and I guess they're struggling through this market and they don't, uh, you know, these are realtors that were doing probably 10, 20 transactions last year. This year, they may be lucky if they're doing one or two and, and they're scared and, and they're leaving the industry. But like what I'm saying is if you're a realtor out there and listening and, uh, and you're thinking about leaving the business, don't leave the business. Give us a call. Call Holly at our office, and we will show you the whole training implementation. We've got we've got a lot of uh, people filling uh, forms online, uh, looking for houses to buy, and uh, and 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 we're not number one Remax team in Canada. We were second month in a row. We're number one Remax team in Canada and number two uh, Remax team in the world, and we're we're not there. 
for no reason. We didn't land on top of the mountain. We worked our way to that level. And we do have uh, the systems in place to have realtors have a great career in this business with the Golfy team. That number to call, 905-575-7700. Ask for Holly. Again, 905-575-7700. Hop online to robgolfie.com. Uh, join the Golfy team or uh, get your home sold if you're in that uh, f- uh, mind frame as well. Rob, we got to run. A happy Civic Day long weekend once again. And same to all our listeners for tuning in once again to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.